Roosters! 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 Come on, Roosters! The Roosters are a certainty to win the grand final tonight. Go the Roosters! I hear you say there are no certainties in sport, but this, this is the Roosters. We have the team, we, we have the coach, we have the passion, we have the skills. The Roosters are certain to win the grand final tonight. Go the Roosters! I hear you say, well, there's only two certainties in life, and that's death and taxes. I think there are more certainties than that. In fact, when we read Isaiah 55, we're going to see three eternal certainties. Three eternal certainties. And Chris is going to read that to us. Today's Bible reading comes from Isaiah chapter 55, which is on page 1150 in your pew Bibles. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Uh, Please pray with me. Father, this evening we come to you again, uh, empty and looking for you to fill us, looking to you to speak to us, looking to you to renew us. Father, we are dependent upon your grace now. So please come uh, and enable us to hear Please soften and open our hearts so that we might grow to be more like your son, the Lord Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. So did you pick up on those three eternal certainties 
that were in the reading. A couple are easy. So if you look down to verse 3, an everlasting covenant. And if you look to verse 13, an everlasting sign. And there's another one stuck in the middle. But before we consider them a bit further, I want us to do a brief recap of a few weeks ago. So I want us to go back to Isaiah 42. Remember, see my servant, he will bring justice tempered with mercy. See my servant, he is selfless and humble, but he will triumph. See my servant, he will be a covenant. He will be a binding agreement. He will fulfill both sides of that agreement. He will do it all. And then last week, as we considered Isaiah 53, see my servant, he is despised and rejected, but he will be highly exalted. See my servant, he is dead and buried, but now he is living. See my servant, who did it all because of you. Who did it all because of you and for you and for you. Isaiah 55 shows us the effects of the servant's completed work, Jesus' completed work, the effects for all mankind. See the outcomes of my servant's accomplishments. Three eternal certainties, an everlasting covenant, an ever-present invitation and an everlasting sign. They are everlasting, they are ever-present, so they are eternal. But before we again plunge in, let's look at the basis for all of this. In verse 1, we see that the basis of this is grace. God calls us to come to him because he freely gives. He freely gives. The image is that of a market where there's a vendor beckoning people to come and quench their thirst. Come and fill your stomachs. Eat, eat. And it's free. It's free. Come. Come by. Come by and eat. Come by without money. Come by without cost. Come. Because it's free. Why is it free? Because the Lord's servant has paid the full price already. As we saw last week, he took our pain. He took our suffering He was punished, he was afflicted, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. And what do we receive in return? We are offered peace, shalom, wholeness and healing. This is no marketing gimmick. This is no advertising scam. This is pure grace undeserved, unearned favour which God offers. Come, buy and eat at no cost, at no cost. And we've heard this from Jesus too, haven't we? Come, follow me. Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And in that great parable, the parable of the great banquet, come, 
for everything is now ready. The full extent of God's grace has been revealed in his son. The full extent of God's grace is there for all to see. But there's a warning in verse 2. Because there will be those who chase after substitutes, alternatives, in search for satisfaction. They will spend long hours and big bucks striving for happiness without God. Without God. They will remain hungry. They will remain thirsty. They will remain empty. Because there is no true satisfaction without God. How's your week been? I know how the weeks of some of you have been. Probably more difficult than expected. Have you been feeling the weight of the load that you've been carrying? Or has it eased a bit this week? Are you feeling empty, longing for that holiday, worn out, frayed at the edges? Could this be at least in part because we failed to hear that call? Come, come to me, come buy and eat. Have we been relying more on our own efforts, our own strength, than on God's Grace. The basis of these eternal certainties is grace. The basis of life is grace. Yet we can be so easily distracted, so we fail to hear that call, come, that daily call, come to me. And I will give you the richest affair. The richest affair, of course, is the gift of God himself to us. Paid for in full by the servant. All those who come, all those who receive the gift of grace are incorporated into God's eternal covenant. Which is also referred to as God's Faithful love promised to David. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, God says. And the you there is plural. So it's countless yous. If we want to go back to the, um, the language of last week in Isaiah 53, countless wandering sheep. The offer is to all and all who come get included. Those who accept the gift of grace will enter as part of this eternal covenant that has been sealed by Jesus' blood. We saw back in Isaiah 42.6 that the servant himself, Jesus himself, is the covenant. And it's a one-sided covenant, a one-sided contract where the servant does it all He is both the promise and the fulfilment. It is the righteous for the unrighteous, the sinless for the sinners. Jesus does it all and it is sealed with his blood. 
This is an everlasting covenant because it is established by the everlasting God through his everlasting Son. This is an eternal certainty. If you accept God's grace in Jesus, God is eternally bound to you through his covenant of love to his son David and his son Jesus. Whoever you are, if you come and accept his grace, you are included, you are welcomed, you are embraced by the living God. In verse 4, we see the focus remains on Jesus. See, I have made him a witness, a ruler and a commander of all the peoples. But then in verse 5, where the you becomes singular, it's sort of like we're eavesdropping on a conversation within the Trinity between God the Father and God the Son. The Father says to the Son, you will summon the nations because I am God, the Holy One of Israel. The Father says, I will endow you with splendor. But the amazing thing about this is, when we are taken into this eternal covenant relationship, in this time beyond Jesus' life on earth, we become the you. We become the you here in verse 5. We the church, as part of God's worldwide church, his universal church, as co-workers of Jesus, we, as muddled as weak and as weak as we are, take part in summonsing the nations. Yes, Jesus does it all, but, but he calls us to be his co-workers. But there's more than this. We, the church, with all our foibles, have been endowed with his splendour. We are splendiferous in God's sight. What an amazing thing. Accompanying this eternal covenant is an ever-present invitation. Now, this invitation is designed to enable us to grow in our relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Having been included by grace, we are invited daily to enter a process that will make us more like him. We are invited to rely on grace and to look for grace daily. Verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon. Now, of course, this is an invitation to those who do not know God's grace. But equally, it is an invitation to us who are already recipients of God's grace. There's this daily call to seek, to call, to forsake, to turn, to receive. Seek God. Be on the lookout for God, for his grace each and every day. Come to him. Pray. Call on him. Pray. Pray. 
Forsake those things that will hold you back from becoming more like Jesus. Turn again to God with empty hands and empty hearts and he will give you mercy. He will freely pardon. It's a certainty. Turn to him and again receive grace. At a conference I was at earlier this year, I was reminded again of the glorious, gracious process of living that this is. Kelly Capick puts it this way. The Christian life is conversion continuata. Every day is a call to faith and repentance. The call to faith and repentance is not what begins the Christian life. It is the matter or the substance of the Christian life. This is grace-focused living. And we need to encourage each other to live this way, to come to God daily in this way. Our ways at times, and you won't like the word because I don't like the word, our ways at times are wicked. Our thoughts are unrighteous. Our ways and thoughts are so, so different than those of God, whose ways are much higher, much higher than ours. Yet that doesn't prevent us from seeking him and from finding him. God can be found in his servant's son. He is near through his spirit. The distant God who is beyond all galaxies has made himself ever present because he is ever present. In him we live and move and have our being. We come in faith and repentance. Faith is the recognition that indeed God's ways and God's thoughts are much higher than ours. And that our finite limitations make us dependent on him to reveal himself to us. Which he does. Which he does through an everlasting sign. Our great, vast, incomprehensible God invites us to live in his presence, to live in his grace... And furthermore, his work within our world is an everlasting sign of this grace. In verse 10, we see that the rain cycle produces seed for the sower and bread for the eater. This physical cycle is a reminder of God's consistency, his faithfulness, his persistence, his perseverance with this planet and with us. God remains committed and active in sustaining us and his world. The physical world therefore reveals aspects of the creator's character, including his glory, including his intimate care. Likewise, God is at work in the world through his word. Verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire 
and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word will not return to him void. This word cycle produces spiritual food that strengthens believers and intrigues and draws unbelievers to him. Like the rain from heaven, God's life-giving word is free and is a gracious gift to mankind, bringing spiritual satisfaction, for which the food in verse 1 is a physical metaphor. That people continue unto this day to hear God's word and to have their hearts moved and turn to God through his son Jesus for grace and new life is further evidence of this everlasting sign. We can take great confidence that it will never fail in its purpose. Its purpose to result in resounding praise to our gracious God. So also, we can look forward to future blessing. These future blessings in verses 12 and 13. We can look forward with confidence because they too are guaranteed by his word. Freedom with joy and peace in place of fear and conflict. Fruitfulness replaces barrenness. Our God holds all things together and has begun his renewal of all things. This great redemptive plan with its basis of grace, his grace, his moment-by-moment grace, continues on so that at the end of verse 13, all of this will be to the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Do you see the double power there? It's everlasting and it's also going to endure forever. This is a certainty. The roosters may or may not win tonight. There's no certainty there, despite my great hopes. However, there are many more certainties than merely death and taxes in this world and in God's word. God has already established and sealed his everlasting covenant through his suffering servant on the cross. God has already established his ever-present invitation through the suffering servant on the cross. God's everlasting sign of faithfulness is seen in many ways, but especially at the cross of Jesus. Entrust yourself today and every day to God's grace, to the certainty of God's grace. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They will be new tomorrow morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we do give you our thanks and praise that you put before us certainties. Certainties in which we can trust. Certainties in which we can live. Father, please, this week, 
Help us to be alert to that call to come, to come to you, to hear and to receive your grace, your mercy and your pardon for free. Father, please help us to turn that we might receive and know your goodness and your love. Please, Heavenly Father, help us to hold on to you. Thank you that you promise to hold unswervingly to us. We give you our thanks and praise in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.